Welcome to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. We are a local church in East London, here to be a beacon of hope for Hoxton. And our mission is to worship God, make disciples, share Jesus, and transform Hoxton. Good morning. Really good to see you all, whether you are here in the building or online. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name's Sarah. If you don't know me, I'm a licensed lay minister here, um, and I'm going to be talking to us this morning. It is all-age worship today, so our kids are here, although there's not very many of them here. This is very much a talk aimed at our kids and young people as well as the grown-ups. So I hope all the grown-ups will enter fully in as well, because I'm going to be needing some volunteers at various points. Uh, Let's just pray together. Father God, I thank you for this chance to come together uh, to worship you. And I just ask that you would speak to us through this passage this morning, that you'd be in the words I've prepared, in the stories, in the um, illustrations, that um, everyone would hear something um, that would touch their hearts, that would change them, and that would make them more like you, whether they're um, a child or a young person or an adult, Lord. Uh, Just be with us by your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, today we're having a think about influence. Now, I'm sure all of us think we might have a little bit of influence. Influence, if you don't know, is when you have the power to affect or change something or someone because of who you are. And I think everyone influences someone. And that kind of, in a sense, makes everyone a leader. Now, apparently, sociologists say that one person will influence at least 10,000 other people in their whole entire lifetime. 10,000! And that's no matter whether you're a big, loud, extroverted person or whether you're a quiet, shy, introverted person. And that influence could be big or it could be really, really small. Perhaps something as simple as saying thank you when someone opens the door for you. Because you might then think if you open the door for someone else, maybe, and they don't say thank you, what influence does that have on you? So it can be good or it can be bad. And I know I've been influenced by so many people. My parents, my teachers back when I was at school, my friends, other family members, people that I admire, people that I look up to, maybe even the books that I read or the films that I watch have all influenced me. And so it corresponds that each of us will have influence on others, even if we don't really want to, or even whether that influence is good or bad. I don't know if your parents ever said to you, oh, I don't want you to play with that person because they're a bad influence. Maybe you support a specific football team because a parent or a friend influenced you to do so. Or maybe it was just because they were winning all the games. Maybe you like a certain kind of music because maybe someone whose opinion you respect introduced you to that artist. So there's an African proverb. Well, the internet told me it was an African proverb. It's a bit vague, so I don't really know where it comes from. And it says this. If you think you're too small to make a difference, you haven't spent the night with a mosquito. One tiny, tiny little creature can make a huge difference. Now, in this case, the mosquito is kind of annoying 
and also, depending on where you are in the world, potentially dangerous. But the same principle stands, I think. One small person can make a huge difference and can have huge amounts of influence on the people around them in their day-to-day lives. So today we're going to have a think about how each of us has influence as Christians in our day-to-day lives. And we're going to use the ideas of salt and light that we just heard about in the Bible passage um, to help us. So this Bible passage we heard that Hannah read, it said, you are the salt of the earth. That's you and that's me. Now, we all love salt, don't we? Well, I do. I love salt on my chips, on my crisps, my peanuts. We add it to our cooking, don't we, to enhance the flavors. Sometimes we even crave it just a little bit. But have you ever tasted salt all by itself? Shall we try it? I think we should. So I'm going to need four volunteers. We're going to keep it nice and COVID safe so you can come. I've got a friend. All right. I'm going to put some salt into each of these bowls and I'm going to need four volunteers to come and grab a bowl. You're going to have to be brave. We're going to need some people to step up here. Polly's coming. Excellent. And Daniel. No, you don't. You can take it back. Kenna. Hi, Kenna. Nice to see you. You're going to grab one? One more person. Oh, here we go. Right. All right. So what we're going to do, lovely volunteers, you're going to give your finger a lick. Yeah? Lick your finger and dip it in the salt. You might have to take your mask off. And then you're going to just have a little lick on your tongue. How does, it, how does it taste? Give me some words. You think you're having a heart? Okay, Daniel thinks he's having a heart attack. I hope that's not true. <laughs> like the sea. Yes, indeed. The sea is very salty. Akena, how does it taste? Like a sour lemon. Interesting. How does it taste for you? Like the sea as well. Is it good? Or is it bad? You wouldn't really want to eat a lot of it on its own, would you? No, no. So it doesn't taste great, does it? In fact, it tastes pretty disgusting by itself. Now, okay, bit of science for you. The fancy science word for salt is sodium chloride. Now, our bodies actually need sodium chloride. And that's kind of why we crave it. But a good chef will tell you that that's a good thing. Because when we sprinkle salt onto all the food that we eat, different food groups, meat, vegetables, dairy, it brings out the flavors in them and then it makes them more attractive to us. And that means that we'll consume all the different nutrients, essential things that our body needs to survive. Because salt makes good things taste even better and it makes bad things taste not quite so bad. So what did Jesus mean then? by saying, you are the salt of the earth. We've just found out that salt doesn't taste very nice on its own. And it's true, I think, for us humans, that on our own, we're sometimes not very nice. In fact, we need the Holy Spirit to come into our lives to help us to be more like Jesus. 
And when we're following Jesus, we try and live a life that is distinctly different from everyone else around us because followers of Jesus have a distinctive flavor. We try to be like Jesus in the world, doing what he would do, helping life to taste better for others around us as we love them and as we serve them. And hopefully people will see Jesus through us when we're being salty, when we're adding Holy Spirit flavor to the world around us. Now, back when Jesus was saying this, his disciple, to his disciples, the main function of salt was actually a bit different. The main function of salt was to stop food from going bad. It was like a preservative, and it stopped the bacteria from spreading into the whole of the, the food, because they didn't have fridges and freezers back then, obviously. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown away. Now, Jesus is talking about what happens when salt loses its saltiness. And this is because Israel, who were God's chosen people, they weren't following God anymore. They weren't being salty to the other nations around them. They had lost their saltiness. Now, technically, sodium chloride can't actually lose its saltiness it's a very stable, I don't know what the word is, thing. <laughs> what actually happens, in fact, is that it doesn't, instead of, it, so it doesn't lose its saltiness, it actually, it gets mixed up with other things like sand or dirt. And it's that mixing in of other things that stops it working. So it stops, it no longer adds flavor and it no longer stops things from going bad. And so what had happened was God's chosen people, the children of Israel, they had started to worship other gods. They'd been disobeying the commandments and they'd been letting other rituals and idols get mixed up with how God had told them to live and worship. And they had lost their saltiness. So how could God stop the world going bad if Israel had lost its saltiness? Well, I hope you all know, but the answer is Jesus. He sent Jesus. And Jesus came to be the salt of the earth. He came to save the world from going completely bad. He came to stop evil from spreading. He came to add his distinctive flavor and make the world taste better again. And then he tells his followers, and that's you and me, to continue to be the salt of the earth. And now we have to do what we can to stop our society from, from going bad, from the world around us from going bad. We need to make sure that we don't lose our saltiness. So how do we do that? Well, obviously we need to be more like Jesus. We need to be distinct, using our influence for good and asking the Holy Spirit to help us. In Colossians 4 verse 6, it says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. What a great verse, isn't it? May your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. How can we season the words that we speak with salt? 
As Christians, we know that Jesus came so that we can have life and have life in all its fullness. And so this is going to have an impact on how we speak. There should be something maybe a bit contagious about us, something influential, something different and distinctive, and that's going to affect how we speak. There needs to be something of Jesus in the words that we speak and how we live our lives, a saltiness. And you know, when you've eaten something quite salty, you quite often feel thirsty, don't you? You need to have a drink. Well, maybe our salty, distinctive words will make someone else a bit thirsty to find out about Jesus and how much he loves them. There was a writer called John Bunyan. It's very famous. He wrote a famous book called The Pilgrim's Progress, which has had a big influence on so many people around the world in a really positive way, and even leading them to faith in Jesus. But John Bunyan didn't actually grow up in a Christian family. In fact, he was quite the opposite. He thought Christianity was a load of old rubbish. And before he was a writer, he fixed pots and pans for a living. He things made out of metal. He was a tinker. I love that. <laughs> and one day, he was in a kitchen. He was working away, fixing some pots and pans and things. And he overheard some women talking. These four women were having a conversation about their faith in Jesus. And they were talking about how they couldn't wait to go to heaven to be with Jesus. And they were talking about how their faith had made a big difference in their lives. And John Bunyan overheard them. And there was this contagious joy about them. And it sparked a curiosity in John Bunyan. And so he went on to research what Christianity was all about because of this conversation that he'd heard these women having. And he went on to become a Christian and then write this amazing book that's had this huge influence. Now, if these four women, what if they had been having a little gossip about their neighbor? Or what if they'd been complaining about the price of eggs? Maybe John Bunyan wouldn't have become a Christian, or at least These women wouldn't have been part of his journey, but these women were because their conversation was salty. It was seasoned with salt. It had a big impact. It was full of grace. And so they had influence on those around them. So that's salt. We're going to move on to think about light for a minute. Jesus says in this passage, you are the light of the world. You are, that's you and me. And just like salt, light also has a few different functions. Maybe some more negative and some more positive. So when we turn the lights on in a room, maybe your bedroom, the light will expose it. And it will show just how dirty and messy it is. Won't it? Sometimes it's better if we keep the curtains shut, closed, we keep the lights off, and nobody can tell how messy your room is. But if you open the curtains, you let the light in, you turn the lights on, uh uh-oh, room's a bit messy, there's clothes all over the floor, there's a few plates from my toast that I had, and and the light exposes our dirt and our mess. And it might reveal some things that we might have rather kept hidden, that we'd really rather that nobody saw. But light also shows us the way, doesn't it? It helps us to see the right way to go. It keeps us safe. It means that we're not going to bang into anything or take the wrong turn or trip over. 
And it, and it, yeah, and it also reveals, it helps us to see the beauty of the world around us. Because if we walk around in the dark, we can't see the beauty, but the light helps us to see it. And also, the light actually also helps us produce fruit. How, I hear you ask? Well, I've got another big science word for you, and it's photosynthesis. Okay, so a plant is when it, only when a plant is exposed to light can photosynthesis happen, and it's only when photosynthesis happens that a plant can grow and produce flowers and eventually produce fruit. And because if you plant a plant in a, and you put it in a dark cupboard, it won't ever grow and it won't ever produce any fruit. It needs light. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So just like Jesus came to be the salt of the earth, he also came to be the light of the world. And Jesus came to do all those things that we just talked about. He came to shine his light where our lives are a bit dirty and a bit messy. He came to reveal the parts of our lives that we don't really want anyone to see, things that we feel ashamed of. He also came to show us the way, to save us from death and to show us a better way to live and to reveal to us the beauty of every single one of us because we are made in his image. And then his light will eventually produce fruit in us, won't it? The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then we read in this passage where Jesus now turns to his disciples, that's you and me, And he says, you are the light of the world. He asks us to shine in the darkness and do the same job that he did. It's quite a big job, isn't it? Now, I've got a light here. I know there's lots of lights around us, but I've got a light here. This is from Hannah's bedroom, actually. And I'm going to pop it here and I'm going to switch it on. Oh. Didn't work, did it? Why did it not work? Anyone? Why did it? No, no power. No power. So what do we need to do? I think I'm going to have to move. We need some power. So, ta-da! We need to plug it in. And then we get the light. Because this light needs power in order to shine, just like we do. Followers of Jesus can't shine in the darkness and be a light in the world without the power of the Holy Spirit to help them. Jesus has called us to love and obey him, to tell other people about him, to be like him and to do the things he did, to be salt and light in this world, which is sometimes so dark and sometimes tastes so bad. But we cannot do this on our own. We can't do it in our own strength. We need God's power. And at Pentecost, just a few weeks ago, we remembered when God sent his Holy Spirit to be with us, to live inside us, to help us to follow Jesus. And trying to be a Christian today without the Holy Spirit is impossible. Just like a lamp cannot shine without power. 
We need to plug ourselves in to God's power every single day. And when we have that power to shine in the darkness, we, we mustn't hide it. Like it says in the passage, we should be like that city on a hill that cannot be hidden because people need to see our light so that we can point them to Jesus. Well, maybe you're thinking, oh, I haven't really got much light to shine. Just little, I'm a bit shy. But actually, you have. Because your story about how you came to know Jesus, that's your light. The truth about the difference that God has made in your life, that's your light. The, the way that you display the fruits of the Spirit every day, that's your light. Standing up for justice when no one else does, that is your light. And are we willing for our faith in God to be visible to everyone? No hiding it away or pretending, but being a light in this world so that we can change the world, have influence for Jesus. We sang the song earlier, I am a city on a hill. I am a light in the darkness. Jesus living in us can change the world. Do you want to change the world for Jesus? I know I do. Do you want to influence the people around you in your day-to-day life for Jesus? doesn't matter how small you think your light is. You can be like that mosquito, something really tiny, which has a massive impact when we choose to be salt and light in the world. So we need to be like salt, adding Holy Spirit, distinctive flavor to the world, being salty so that the people around us can see Jesus through us. And we need to be light, plugging into God's power, so we can shine in the darkness, not hiding ourselves away, but letting our faith be visible so that we can change the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you came into this world to be salt and to be light. And we thank you that you have changed our lives. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to be salt and light in this world, to continue your work, to share Jesus with the world, to change the world, to use our influence for good. Help us to remember to plug into your Holy Spirit each and every day to give us what we need, to give us the power we need, the confidence that we need to tell our story to be, to show those fruits. Just be with us, especially this week as we go about our day-to-day lives, Lord. Help us to remember that we are people of influence, that we can change people's lives by sharing Jesus with them. Thanks for listening to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. New talks will be uploaded every week from all of our services. And do check out our website, stjohnshoxton.org.uk, for more information.